Tonight, God's Word comes to us from Philippians chapter 3. Philippians 3. We're going to be reading just the first 11 verses of this chapter tonight. Philippians chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. What we hear now is God's Word. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. As to the law, a Pharisee. As to zeal, a persecutor of the church. As to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, as we continue our study of Paul's letter to the Philippian church, we are entering now the second half of that letter, not just in terms of the structure of the book, but the second half topically. In the first half of the book, Paul has talked about unity in the church, being of one mind, being of like-minded with each other and like-minded with Christ. Now, as he transitions to the second topic he wants to deal with, it is about joy in the church. And certainly these two things are related. When the church is of one mind, there is a sense of joy that is there. That's going to be his, his theme in these last two chapters. He says in verse 1, Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same thing to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. That word finally there, for those of you who are in our Wednesday night class about studying the Scriptures, is one of those clues that we look at. That there's a change of topic going on here. And when Paul says finally... It's kind of like when ministers say finally. It doesn't mean they're done. Even if they just got more to say. They're changing topic at this point. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. 
That is going to be Paul's theme in these last two chapters. But he begins dealing with that theme of joy by giving them a warning. A warning of those who would rob them of their joy. A warning of those who would have them take their eyes off of Jesus Christ and put their eyes on themselves. And there's no assurance when we look to ourselves for our own righteousness. No, he's going to warn them, be careful, look out, because there's wonderful joy in the Lord when we keep our eyes fixed upon him. I have in the outline uh, the Judaizers' false confidence. Who were the Judaizers' kids? The Judaizers were not those who outright rejected Jesus as the Messiah. There were those who rejected Jesus as the Messiah. That's not the Judaizers. The Judaizers were those who believed in Jesus as the Messiah, but also wanted to hold on to the Old Testament law as as at least a part of their salvation. We might call them the, uh, the Christ and party. Yes, you need Christ. Of course you need Christ. But you need Christ and these other things as well. A keeping of the law. Rather than the confession of finding our, our salvation in Christ alone. Christ and keeping of the law. Christ and my good works. And Paul says, watch out. Three times in verse 2. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. These will steal your joy. Look out for the dogs. Now, when Paul says, look out for the dogs, he's not talking about cute little house dogs. He's not talking about puppies who come up and, and lick your fingers. He's not talking about cute little dogs. When we hear, look out for the dogs, we need to think of, uh, of pack dogs, of wild dogs, of attack dogs. Those dogs that roam in packs and will attack and kill to get what they want. Those dogs that are dangerous. Those dogs that will hurt. That's who Paul's talking about, not, not cute little puppies. Look out for the dogs. Those who will come and hurt you in order to steal your joy in the Lord. Look out. Look out for the evildoers. And I know it's been a number of weeks since our last sermon in Philippians, but Paul is here contrasting the evildoers with those we talked about at the end of chapter 2, which were the kingdom workers. Remember the kingdom workers of Timothy and Epaphroditus, two different men, two different abilities, but one purpose for the purpose of the gospel? He's saying, watch out for those who are not like that, who are not those who serve the purpose of the gospel. Look out for the evildoers, and look out for those who mutilate the flesh. The Judaizers said that in addition to faith in Jesus Christ, in order to be a true believer, one also had to be circumcised. He uses the word mutilators here very, very literally. 
those who mutilate the flesh, who are circumcised as an act of their own righteousness. Paul says, watch out. Watch out. This is why he responds in verse, uh, verse 3. For we are the circumcision. We are those who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Our confidence is not in Christ and. Christ plus what we do. Christ plus the keeping of the law. When that is where we try to find our confidence, Christ and, Christ plus, it robs us. It robs us of the joy of resting in Christ alone for our position before God. Paul says, watch out. Watch out for those who have a false confidence, who would put their hope in God and also what they do and what they require you to do as well. Because, Paul says, if that were the case, if confidence was found in what we did, oh, let me tell you, he says in verse 4, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Paul says, you want to stack up your good works against my good works, I will beat you every day and twice on Sunday. This is who I am, Paul says. I was circumcised on the eighth day. Now those who came to faith in Jesus Christ, who were the Gentiles, uh, after, uh, uh, later in life, when they came to faith, the Judaizers said, now you have to be circumcised according to the law. Paul says, look, I was circumcised on the eighth day, like the law really says, not sometime later in life. You want to stack up your good works? I got the good works. Circumcised on the eighth day according to the law of the people of Israel. Now often, the Jews refer to themselves as the children of Abraham. Paul doesn't do that here. Remember, children, Abraham had two sons, Isaac, the chosen, and Ishmael, who was not. He doesn't say a child of Abraham. He doesn't even say of the people of Isaac, because Isaac had two sons, Jacob, the one who was chosen, and Esau, the one who was not. No, I am of Jacob. I am of Israel. I am a true Israelite. I stack up against you guys who say, son of Abraham, all day long. I'm not just the son of Abraham. I am a son of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. Benjamin, one of the faithful tribes in the Davidic monarchy. Benjamin, in which Jerusalem was located. The place where God said, I will place my name among you. I will be with you there. I'm of Benjamin. He says, I am a Hebrew of Hebrews. You think you got the goods, I got the goods. A true Israelite, a Hebrew of Hebrews, a pure blood. Some of you will understand this, some may not. Uh, those of us from the Dutch tradition uh, often take pride in our Dutch heritage. It's as if Paul is saying, I am not just Dutch, I am Fries. That's what he's saying. I am a Hebrew of Hebrews. I got it all. Just look at who I am. Look at my lineage. Look at my resume. Look at what I have done. He says, as to the law, 
a Pharisee. Now, uh, Pharisees often get kind of a bad rap when we talk about a New Testament groups of people, the Pharisees. But the Pharisees were terribly concerned about the keeping of the law of God. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. The problem with the Pharisees was they found their confidence there. Paul says, you want to find your confidence in keeping the law? I was a Pharisee. I know about law keeping. As to zeal, he says, a persecutor of the church. Paul was no armchair critic. He didn't just sit back and complain. He was out there actively living on his beliefs. He was there when Stephen was stoned as to zeal a persecutor. As to legal righteousness, blameless. I did it all. I kept all 613 Levitical laws. Look what I have done. You want to talk about confidence? I've got confidence. Confidence in the flesh. We know the truth of the gospel. We know our confidence is found in Christ alone. And yet we still have a tendency to want to add something to that. To look at our own lineage. I was born in the church. Not just any church. I was born in the Reformed church. I was was baptized as a child. I attended 12 years of God-centered schooling. I memorized the catechism. I made profession of faith. I did all these things. Yes, yes, I have confidence in Christ, but look what I have done as well. When we begin to take our eyes off Christ alone and put them on ourselves, it robs us. It robs us of the joy of resting in the finished work of Jesus Christ. That he has done everything necessary. Because when I begin to look at my fleshly confidence, even though I can give an impressive lineage, it's never quite enough. There's always more I could do. And and sometimes when people come and challenge us with regard to our Christianity, oh, oh, you say you're a Christian, but, but look at the way you live. Look at the way you treat your co-workers. Look at the way you treat your wife, the way you treat your husband. You say you're a Christian, and we begin to list our, our uh, liturgy again. We say, but, but I do this. I go to church twice on Sunday. I tithe of everything I have. I'm an office bearer in the church. Rather than saying, you're right. I am fallen. I am sinful. And my only confidence is in the finished work of Jesus Christ. That's where my confidence lies. That's where Paul takes us. He says, verse 7, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, 
I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Paul says, I will take my eyes off of myself. None of that which I did. And they're good things to do, but none of that makes any difference in my righteousness before God. My righteousness is not found in anything I have done. I count it loss for the sake of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. He goes on to say, For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. I count them as rubbish. Paul uses a very earthy word here to describe uh, his good works. Kids, the word he uses is skubala. Skubala. I count them as skubala. Skubala is what comes out of the back end of Mr. Bosch's cows. That's skubala. Paul says, I count it rubbish. I count it scubala. I count it as nothing. Nothing I have done that I might be found in him. Verse 9, and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. A righteousness from God that depends on faith. That's where Paul's confidence lay. Not in who he was. He could give the resume. Not in what he had done. He had done it all. But his confidence was found in knowing Jesus Christ and placing his faith in him. That is where God calls us to find our confidence. It is so easy to look at ourselves, I haven't done this, I haven't done this, I must not be a Christian. We're looking in the wrong place. Even if we had done all of it, Paul says, I count it as nothing, I count it as loss for the sake of knowing Jesus Christ by faith. A righteousness that does not come by law. A righteousness that comes by faith in Jesus Christ. And so that is God's call to us once again this evening. To put our confidence not in our resume, not in our pedigree, not in what we have done. To put our confidence in Christ alone for our salvation, in Christ alone for our righteousness. And there is true joy. And there is true freedom. I don't have to wonder, have I done enough? Was I born into the right family? Did I attend the right church? I don't have to wonder about that when I find my, my confidence in Jesus Christ alone. He finishes by saying, verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. I want to know Christ, even if that means knowing his sufferings. He doesn't say when you place your faith in Christ and find your confidence in him, everything will be fine. The Bible never promises that. 
No, it may be God's lot for us to suffer. That was his lot for his son, Jesus Christ. To suffer, to go to the grave, but also in his resurrection to be vindicated. That I might know Christ. That even if this life is a life of suffering, I know that there is a life to come to attain the resurrection from the dead. Where is your confidence? Do you put your faith in who you are, in your pedigree, in your resume? All good things to have, but not where our confidence should be found. Do you say, I count that all as loss for the sake of one thing, for the sake of knowing Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior, embracing him by faith, being found in him, having his righteousness credited to me, which is why Paul begins, finally, brothers, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. To write the same thing to you is no trouble to me. It is safe for you. Rejoice in the Lord, in who he is, in what he has done, and know the, free, the freedom of having your confidence, not in yourself, but in him alone. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we do thank you that our confidence is not found in ourselves. Oh, while there are some of us here who would like to give a long recitation of all the things we have done, of, of how we were brought up, we know that those things are a loss when it comes to being righteous before you, for they are all tainted with sin. No, Lord God, may we look away from ourselves and look only to your Son, Jesus Christ. Not Christ and anything, but Christ alone. He is our confidence. He is our refuge. He is our fortress. He is our only hope for salvation. May that, O oh God, free us. And may it help us to rejoice to rejoice in you, to rejoice in Jesus Christ and his finished work on our behalf. Hear our prayer, O God, for Jesus' sake. Amen.